A man robbed a bank, but just for a dollar. For the first time in history, no British fans were arrested at the World Cup. And the Australian government is warning, don't eat that hallucinogenic spinach. These are the weird stories for Monday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian inside a closet. I'm so happy to begin your week with these strange, kinky segments from all over the world. Aren't you happy? Let's start it off right, huh? The beginning of the week. Let's go. A robbery suspect demanded only a dollar. The note was handwritten on the back of a deposit slip. It was a robbery note. The man also told the teller, quote, You don't know if I am armed or not, so push your alarm button. The teller did just as instructed, activating the alarm. The teller also placed a $1 bill on the counter. But the robbery suspect whose last name is Wilson, did not take the dollar, according to the arrest report. Instead, Wilson waited inside the bank and surrendered to police when they arrived. Let's find out a motivation for this. It sounds like he just wanted to go to jail because he was cold, maybe. It gets very cold in Ohio, which is where this took place. The Moraine, Ohio police responded to the bank's alarm activation at 12 p.m. While the officers were on the way to the bank, the security firm reported they were watching the suspect, later identified as Mr. Wilson, on a live video feed. The security staff provided Mr. Wilson's description and updated officers on all of his movements. Here's a quote from the police chief. Well, we were able to make phone contact with the bank and got that suspect to come out of the bank, really, without any incident whatsoever. In addition, the police did not find any weapons when they arrested Mr. Wilson. During the interview afterward, Wilson said he planned the robbery and had stopped at Chipotle next door to use the restroom because he was nervous. Oh, the poor guy's nervous. I mean, I'd be nervous if I, if I was robbing a bank too, but this doesn't sound like he was really robbing a bank. Very misguided robbery, if it is, in fact, a robbery. Um... To demand a dollar, it's just not really worth it, man. I mean, you could probably walk around this Ohio town and just find a dollar and change on the ground if you really gave it some effort, and that won't make you nervous at all. You won't have to use the restroom at Chipotle if you're just going to pick up loose change. Perhaps this guy arrived in a time machine from like the 1710s, 17-teens, 17-teens, is that a word? <laughs> You know, back when a dollar was worth something, you could actually rob a bank for a dollar and pay your rent with that. <laughs> the only thing more ridiculous than trying to rob a bank for a dollar is trying to rob a bank for a Big Mac and large fry. That would be odd, right? Now, it says here, Mr. Wilson is currently held in the Montgomery County Jail on a $25,000 bail. He's probably wishing, man, I should have asked for $25,001. I'm so foolish. For the very first time in history, no British fans were arrested at the World Cup. Let's give them a round of applause. How about it for those British fans not being arrested for the first time at a World Cup? You know those British fans can get a little degenerate. Um, doesn't indicate whether or not there were any Florida citizens arrested at the World Cup. I'd imagine uh, there's many. 
It says there, there were no arrests among fans of England or Wales at the World Cup, according to the UK's football policing lead. Chief Constable Mark Roberts of the Cheshire Police has said it's the very first time that no fans from the UK were arrested at a World Cup event. We have a quote here from Mr. Roberts. Uh, the behavior of England and Wales out in Qatar was absolutely exemplary. Throughout the home nation's involvement in this tournament, there were no arrests or incidents to report, which is a credit to all those who traveled. In Russia in 2018, there were three total arrests. But obviously, having two teams in this tournament, we played double the group stage games, including a home nation's derby, which underlines the good nature of our fans. I would also like to praise all of the UK officers who traveled out to Qatar for the work that they have done in helping to keep British nationals safe during the past few weeks. Traditionally, we do have a few arrests of our fans at World Cups, but to have zero isn't something we have ever seen before. We're quite proud, yes. Leave it to the chief of a UK police department to use the word exemplary. And I'm surprised he didn't say brilliant. Yes, our fans were quite brilliantly behaved. Everybody in the UK just has this lofty vocabulary all the way down to the police officers. I'm very astounded. I mean, what's it like to speak to a garbage man in the UK? Well, yes, we've done a very exemplary job removing the refuse, I would say. It says here, after having fans arrested at every single prior World Cup, what was different about this particular tournament? Hmm, do you guys know? I actually covered something that was markedly different about this World Cup, and that may have led to the zero arrests for the UK fans. And that would be, this was the first World Cup without free-flowing alcohol. Oh, yes. Could it be that? Yes, I'm going to guess that it was that. Because as we all know, everyone in the UK likes to toss back the adult sodas at all their events. Now, they asked this Roberts fella whether or not the lack of arrests was due to the lack of alcohol, and he wouldn't fully concede that that was the reason, but he was at least willing to suggest that there may, in fact, be some connection to the alcohol and the zero arrests. Well, you know, it would be wrong to entirely attribute this excellent behavior to the restrictions on alcohol over there, but I I do think it has helped to some degree. <laughs> I mean, you know how we can be. Australians are told, do not eat the hallucinogenic spinach. Australians are being urged not to seek out contaminated baby spinach products for a recreational high after more than 130 people who ate a range of fresh food items suffered symptoms including hallucinations and delirium. Authorities we're testing the weed that was believed to be responsible for this widespread recall of products containing spinach thought to have come from a farm in Victoria. Recall extended over spinach contamination caused by leafy green, quote, weed. People are being urged to check and dump any of these recalled products, including salad and stir-fry mixes that have been sold at Woolworths, Coles, Aldi, and Costco. Symptoms of this hallucinogenic weed can be very severe, they're saying, including delirium or confusion, hallucinations, dilated pupils, rapid heartbeat, flushed face, blurred vision, dry mouth and skin, fever, maybe seeing some dragons fly around, the trees are moving, and oh, I feel so terrible because I'm the reason that my little brother has a gambling addiction.
Now, it is believed that the weeds were harvested alongside the baby spinach and processed as such. Um, I'm a little confused. Is it the baby spinach? It says it's the weeds, but it was harvested alongside the baby spinach. So are you selling baby spinach along with the weeds that were harvested alongside it? I mean, if I'm buying a bag of baby spinach, I know what it should look like. There shouldn't be weeds in there. But I'm not against trying it if it's going to make me feel like Superman for an afternoon <laughs> after having a salad. We have a chief scientist at Sydney's Royal Botanical Gardens who says it was very hard to distinguish between many plant species, uh, especially because they're so small. He suspected toxic plants, including nightshades, could be to blame for this. Yeah, possibly. You know, nightshades were uh, long ago used for hallucinogenic properties way back in the day, including in, uh, religious, um, religious rituals and whatnot. They have a quote from this nerd. He says... There are a lot of plants that could do this. Lots of weeds that are relatives to potato and tomato. This is likely to be a nightshade. When young, there are just a few dark green leaves, which is probably not that much different from spinach. You're harvesting all these leafy greens now at a very young age. Sometimes it can be quite difficult to identify these. This is the worst Australian accent ever in a weird AF News segment, I reckon. Now, it turns out the farmers are facing some extra challenges. There is an explosion of weeds all across the country after months of rain and floods. Yeah, we're seeing lots and lots of weed infestations. When you have floods and things moving, things around, it can be sometimes quite hard to control. Uh, one particular farm called Riviera Farms said they're working to identify which plant had caused these hallucinogenic symptoms and how they can make sure nothing like this weed contamination ever occurs again. But apparently people are finding out that they can trip balls on these weeds and possibly the spinach as well. So the government is warning people not to go searching for the contaminated products or pick and eat weeds that they could not identify in search of a cheap recreational high. Come on, man. This is called No Fun Police getting involved in our personal lives. Maybe I want to trip out at the salad bar, bro. You can't tell me what to do. I just think it's so funny that you got to tell the people because they're out there looking for it. Oh, did you say this baby spinach could get you high? <laughs> Let me go get some of that. It's cheaper than meeting up with my dealer. You know, my dealers, woo, with inflation, you got to see the prices of this acid and mescaline these days. I tell you, I'll just have the spinach, you know? What's it cost for a pound of spinach at the salad bar? Nothing, nothing. Yay! Hey, everyone, it's Jonesy, the host of Weird AF News. I just want to take a moment to thank you all for spending some time with this podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Maybe write a review if you have any time for that. I want to give some thanks and praise to some people who bought me coffee for the holidays off my website, weirdafnews.com, where you can go and learn about all the ways you can support the show. Why not support the show? Do something good. Well, first of all, we have Christy with a C bought me some coffees, and she wrote me a lovely little note. She wrote, I added you to my morning routine on my Google Assistant, and I'm so glad I did, Jonesy. You start my day with a smile. Thank you so much, and good luck with your life, man. Oh, thank you, Christy C. What a lovely message from Christy with a C. I just think that's so sweet. That really made me smile. Also, uh, Huge, Huge Anus bought me some coffees again. Huge Anus has bought me a few coffees over the years. Um, I'm a big fan of Huge Anus. Do you guys like Huge Anus? Huge Anus is great. Hugh Janus wrote, 
Hey, mate, I hope you have a good Christmas. I would like to send you a big jar of Nescafe Blend 43 and my recipe for Vietnamese coffee. Oh, that sounds amazing, by the way, huge anus. I got a Vietnamese coffee dripper, dude, so if you want to send that, I'm, I'm ready to go with that. I even have some condensed milk, a brand new can, unopened, bro. Uh, I called him, I called Hugh Janus a bro, I'm not sure. Hugh Janus might not be a bro, could be a lady. Uh, the message continues. No waiting around for it to brew, ready to go as soon as the kettle boils. I hope Connie, he wrote, or, <laughs> Hugh Janus wrote, I hope Connie is feeling better. Just let her know to make sure she hits Amazon and orders a truckload of Cherry Ripe Express Delivery because they cure anything. Cherry Ripe, I don't know what that is, Hugh Janus, never heard of it before. Is that how you keep your anus in such great shape? Hugh Janus wrote, just listened to Florida episode, didn't hear my tribute, thankfully. Have a good one, mate. Love, Lucky. Ah, oh, it's Lucky at the end. That's right, this is Lucky. Freaking Lucky, man. I love it. Lucky is, in addition to being Hugh Janus, buying me coffees, is also a member of the Patreon. And uh, Lucky recorded a little, a little ditty for me, which I'm going to play after this. I'm going to include it in the episode, so you might want to listen to that. It's pretty funny and creative, and I'm so grateful for Lucky, who is... Um, uh, supporting me from down under. Lucky's amazing. Uh, we also have Robin from Ohio. All right, we got a fan in Ohio. I don't know how many I have in Ohio. Probably not many, but Robin is one of them. Robin bought me some coffees off my website, weirdafnews.com. Plug, plug, plug. Robin wrote, hey, Jonesy, I'm a longtime listener. Love your show. Thank you so much. Very short and sweet, and um, I, I so appreciate that, Robin. And I have a message for you, Robin. Good luck with your life, man. Also, uh... What else? We got a nice email from John Selowitz. Selowitz uh, from Indiana. John wrote, hey, Jonesy. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Love your podcast more than you know. and always makes me smile, along with outbursts of laughter and a lot of head shaking. Found this article that matches your story here uh, for Florida. There are idiots all over the world. Good luck with your life, man. <laughs> That should be my other catchphrase, John. There are idiots all over the world. Good luck with your life, man. I'm, I'm building on the catchphrases. Thank you so much for the email, John. That was super cool of you. And the article as well. Super helpful. You guys can email me, funnyjones at gmail.com, as you know. I also would like to announce that I have a new patron. Lisa Hawley joined the Patreon. And we're all so grateful for Lisa Hawley for joining the Patreon, supporting Weird AF News for the holidays. As you know, with all your donations, your coffees, and your patron pledges um, during the holidays, Michael from Iowa City is going to match these donations as well. So that's very timely, and I'm so appreciative of Lisa Hawley. Um, and happy holidays to you, Lisa Hawley. I, I, I'm very grateful for the support. So if you guys would like to join the Patreon, as Lisa Hawley has done, go to weirdafnews.com, click on the banner, or go to patreon.com slash weirdafnews. I also got a review on iTunes. Um, someone from, it's, it doesn't give a name, but it says Kane, Kansas. I guess that's a city in Kansas. The title is Family Show, which I'm not sure I agree with. <laughs> maybe, maybe Family Show. Depends on your family. Uh, I, regardless, I got five stars from Kane, Kansas. And the review says, Jonesy, my kids and I often listen in the car on the way to school. It is the most requested podcast by my kids. Family Show! We especially like the episode about the drug-laced nipples. Keep it up, Jonesy. <laughs> I love how my kids request the podcast, and we just love that drug-laced nipples episode. <laughs> so, so, such a family show, drug-laced nipples. 
Well, you know, here's one of my skills is I'm able to do a story about drug laced nipples and kind of keep it sort of kid friendly. You know, I'm pretty proud of myself. Being from Boston, I'm just such a, you know, I have a gutter mouth. I've had it my whole life, you know, and and if you've ever seen my stand up, it's there's a lot of F bombs. And if you speak to me in real life, it's a lot of F bombs, a lot of swearing. It's hard to get it out of my out of my genetics, I think. Just being from Boston, I'm always swearing. But I managed to kind of keep it under wraps for the podcast. I'm pretty proud of myself for doing that. Uh, still, at the end of the day, family show uh, should be in quotes, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys think so? Anyways, uh, I'm going to publish some phone calls after this. If you would like to call the show, the number six four six four five zero twenty twelve. Good luck with your life, man. What was the other one? The world's filled with idiots, man. Is that it? I can't remember if that's what it was. Very briefly, I forgot to mention, yesterday I visited the Beastie Boys exhibit in Los Angeles. And I actually took a photo of the handwritten lyrics to the sounds of science. And I posted it in my Instagram. So uh, you can... You can follow me at Funny Jones on Instagram. I put a bunch of photos of the Beastie Boys exhibit. If you're a big fan, then uh, check that out. I think you'll enjoy some of those images that I put up. Anyways, okay, back. Yay! Hey there, weirdos. This here's Skeeter from Jacksonville, Florida, the largest city in these here contagious 48 states of the United States of America. And I just wanted to let Jonesy know how much we love him here, and I'm sure all the weirdos do. That's why we listen to the show. But I, I, I just wanted him to know that the state of Florida has given so much to his podcast. And if it weren't for the state of Florida, well, I mean, he wouldn't have like, uh, by my math, I think about one third of his show because, uh, I mean, he does Florida Fridays and he wouldn't have that if it weren't for Florida. And I wanted to remind him of how much the Florida state has given his show. And so I wrote him a song based on the 12 days of Christmas. And here it is. Now, I, I, I got to tell you, folks, the, the education system ain't so good down here in Florida. And they didn't discover that I couldn't read and write properly until I was in summer school between the seventh and eighth grade um, because the testing system ain't too good down here. Now, they should have figured out long before that, but they didn't figure out I was dyslexic until but between 7th and 8th grade summer school. So I had to write this song in my head because if I write it back down on paper, I mean, I can't go back and read it too well. Now, I ain't no idiot, but, I mean, I've had to write it in my head. So if I mess up a little bit along the way, you have to forgive me. Now, have a little kindness in your heart because it is Christmas time. Now, here's my song. On the first day of Christmas, Florida gave Jonesy an iguana in a palm tree. On the second day of Christmas, Florida gave Jonesy two teachers on drugs and an iguana in a palm tree. On the third day of Christmas, Florida gave Jonesy three naked men, two teachers on drugs and an iguana in a palm tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, Florida gave Jonesy Four called girls, three naked men, two teachers on drugs, and an iguana in a palm tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, Florida gave Jonesy five gold cock rings. Four called girls, three naked men, two teachers on drugs, and an iguana in a palm tree. On the sixth day of Christmas, Florida gave Jonesy six mayors a-laying five gold cock rings. 
four tall girls, three naked men, two teachers on drugs, and an iguana in a palm tree. On the seventh day of Christmas, Florida gave Jones Lee seven gators swimming, six cock mayors a laying five gold cock rings, four tall girls, three naked men, two teachers on drugs, and an iguana in a palm tree. On the eighth day of Christmas, Florida gave Jones Lee eight soccer moms a milfin, seven gators swimming, six mayors a laying five gold cock rings. Four cowgirls, three naked men, two teachers on drugs, and an iguana in a palm tree. On the ninth day of Christmas, Florida gave Jonesy nine dancers stripping, eight soccer moms a milfin, seven gators swimming, six mayors a laying five gold cock rings. Four cowgirls, three naked men, two teachers on drugs, and an iguana in a palm tree. On the tenth day of Christmas, Florida gave Jonesy Ten creeps a-peepin', nine dancers strippin', eight soccer moms a-milfin', seven geese a-swimmin', six mayors a-layin', five gold cock rings, four cowgirls, three naked men, two teachers on drugs, and an iguana in a palm tree. On the eleventh day of Christmas, Florida gave Jonesy eleven freaks on basalts, ten creeps a-peepin', nine dancers strippin', Eight soccer moms a milfin', seven gators swimming, six mayors a laying, five gold cock rings, four cowgirls, girls, three naked men, two teachers on drugs, and an iguana in a palm tree. On the twelfth day of Christmas, Florida gave Jonesy twelve Walmart parking lots, eleven creeks on basalt, ten creeks a peeping, nine dancers stripping, eight soccer moms a milfin', seven gators swimming, six mayors a laying, five gold cock rings. Four tall girls, three naked men, two teachers on drugs, and an iguana in a palm tree. Merry Christmas, Jonesy. Happy Florida to you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Good luck with your life, man. Jonesy's one in a million. Mm, yeah, that's what you are. Jonesy, you're one in a million, babe. You're a shooting star. Maybe someday I'll see you before I die. Hello, this is Hannah from Chicago. Um, and you might be wondering who is this 10 year old girl who's leaving messages for the podcast, and I'm actually 27. I know that I sound young. I've also been told that I look young. Um, I am blind, just like Lisa from Huntington, Virginia. Um, I hope that, you know, her husband recovers well from his his leg amputation and that he's able to do all of the lovely things that he used to do. I'd like to shout out Abby from Ohio. I think she's really funny. Connie from Cedartown, Georgia. I love her accent. And Michael from Iowa City. And yes, I agree. He should be the president of the Weird AF News fan club. And um, I want to say that 
I will be going to Massachusetts for a few weeks for a training program, which will show me how to be more independent so that, you know, I can live with a group of people that are not my family members. So that will be good. And the program is in a suburb really close to Boston. So it reminded me of you, Jonesy. Um, I hope that everyone has a happy holiday. And, um, you know, uh, good. I'm not going to be very good at this, but good luck with your life, man. Hey, Jonesy, I realize I'm late to the ball game on this one, but uh, you might not publish it because it's been so long since you did this story, but I wanted to go ahead and weigh in on parents suing because video games are addictive. So I have a lot of thoughts on that. Uh, first, I need to push back a little bit um, when people are saying, like, you chose to have kids and you need to raise them and all that. I mean, in this in this day and age, the way things are in this country with women's rights and access to abortion, a lot of people are not choosing to have their children. They're being forced to have them. Um, so that right there, I think, is an invalid argument because so many people are not choosing to have a baby. You know, they're being forced into it or they have no other choice. They're out of time. Things like that happen. A lot of people are having kids that they do not choose to have. Um, I myself, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm white, I'm a white woman, and I come from a place of privilege, but two out of my three children were complete, uh, I don't know if you want to call it accidents or unplanned. Um, both of them were birth control failures. Uh, my last child, my partner at the time, um, tricked me into thinking that he had a condom on, but he had worn it improperly. Um, in order to get me pregnant because he wanted me to have his baby. Um, as I pretty soon, you know, realized that the condom was improperly worn, and I went and got Plan B um, immediately within the time frame. However, the Plan B failed. So that right there is a double birth control failure, and that's why I have my third child. Now, I love my child, and I cannot imagine my life without her, but I would not say that I chose to have that child. I would say, you know, Due to societal pressures, family pressures, my partner pressure, I was talked out of having a procedure to end that pregnancy. And that's the reason I have that child. Now, as far as things being addictive and personal responsibility, I think it's, you know, less with a lot of things, there's a lot of nuance to it and gray areas because, you know, if your child becomes addicted to alcohol, is that the parent's fault? If, you know, you become addicted to prescription drugs or street drugs or things of that nature, is that the parent's fault? If you're addicted to tobacco, cigarettes, vaping, is that your parent's fault? Um, if you're addicted to, you know, pornography, video games, the, I mean, name, name anything in our society, caffeine, soda, anything, if you become addicted to it at any age, is that your parent's fault or is that the fault of the tobacco company, the alcohol company, the vaping company, um, the Sackler family has been found liable for the prescription drug opioid epidemic. So is that your parent's fault if someone is an opioid addict? I mean, it, it's just, it's really tricky, right? I mean,